The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody, to MLB DFS Quick Kids, your Wednesday, August 9th edition. And we have quite a... Ugly's not the right word. It's just not appealing slate of action. The five-game early slate today, I'm not a fan of it all, mainly because the tournaments aren't that good on DraftKings. They're small. They don't pay out much. Like the the, the three maxes are less than 20% payouts. It's just, it's a weird, weird deal for five games. I understood when there were three games and everything, the five games I don't get. Ten-game slate, the tournaments are good. The slate is, it's shaky. There's really no real good, clear-cut pitching option on either slate, really, but especially the ten-game main. Um, I won't spend a lot of time on the five. I'll just go quickly over that because, yeah, it's just not that appealing. The 10 game we will dig into like we always do. Hope everybody enjoyed Tuesday, aka Home Run Derby. My goodness, you had to be well into the 200s to make some serious cash. I think the top one was in the 250s because I, I was playing softball and stuff and I thought my lineups were doing good just looking at box scores. Opened the DraftKings app and I was like, whoa, minimum cashing here and there. Like the Sale Kluber lineup was outstanding. I had Kepler in there, double donging and other stuff and it didn't matter. It was just, wow, what a night. You had to literally, it's it's been that way a lot this year. I shouldn't be too surprised, but and there's a good chance tonight happens just that way. So it makes it tough because, like I said, the pitching tonight, there are a lot of upside guys, guys that could put you 20-plus points, but all of those guys you could see being out of the game within two or three innings, if, at the, if not less, giving up five, six runs. So pretty darn dreadful when you look at it. Let's get at it, though. Weather for today, we've been doing good avoiding it. Um, if you guys saw the news, our our big weather man is now a weather tout for officially because he's getting paid to be premium. So enjoy that, everybody. A weather man wanting extra money to be wrong about the weather. That is impressive stuff there, Roto Grinders. Stay strong, boys and girls. Um, but enough of that. That was just unbelievable seeing that. That was pretty solid stuff. So now everyone, um, weather.com, Noah. AccuWeather, all supply you the same stuff. You just have to search a little longer. Um, but yeah, wind blowing out hard in San Francisco, as always. 
Rain-wise, you might not even need a weatherman, except in Atlanta, where it's the normal 30 to 40, maybe slight 50% chances of thunderstorm. Very, very humid. Great hitting environment. Hopefully it clears up and we can play that one, because definite targets in there. One of the risky pitchers is there as well, but uh, a bat like Freddie Freeman, which I loved on Tuesday, who went deep, is in another great, great spot. But that's pretty much your only weather spot. Watch the Atlanta situation there your total is on the day on your five game day slate Rockies Indians is nine and a half I'm waiting on the Rangers Mets because uh the way DraftKings has it now is Martin Perez is pitching for the Rangers since AJ Griffin got bumped up a day because Trashner got scratched uh Mariners A's is nine and a half Orioles Anaheim nine and a half then you have Cubs Giants Hendricks Bumgarner at seven and a half so you have four nine and a half or three nine and a half waiting on Rangers Mets which should be high and then you got the Cubs, Giants. In your evening, your Marlins, Nationals is nine. Yankees, Blue Jays is nine. Pirates, Tigers, nine. Padres, Reds, nine and a half. If you send us in a trend here, folks. Red Sox, Rays, nine. Phillies, Braves, nine and a half. We have Astros, White Sox, ten. Twins, Brewers, ten. Royals, Cardinals, eight and a half. Dodgers, D-backs, eight and a half. So two eight and a halves. And then it's all nines and aboves. It's, Yeah. Something else. Uh, stay tuned at the end. I want to talk to you guys real briefly about NFL DFS. We're not going to dig into the slates, but I have some info on that for you. So stick around for that. But um, let's get at it just real quickly on your five-game slate. The pitchers I'd be targeting would be Mad Bum at 12-6. The only problem about Mad Bum at 12-6 is, yes, he might be the best pitcher on the slate, but he has not lived up to a 12-6 price. The last couple starts have been good, getting you 7-plus Ks. Uh, swinging strike is slowly coming up, but it's still not great. The Cubs do strike out almost 22% of the time versus lefties, which is nice. As a whole, though, he hasn't reached that price level yet. This is uh, Cubs' second lowest total on the board at 377. So Mad Bum is definitely worth a look on a small slate like this. I'm targeting more like the Kevin Gossman's at 9,900 at the Angels. Gossman's been outstanding of late. We wrote him in his last start. He's been a 20-plus point machine. Um, going up against an Angels team that only strikes out 19.5% of the time. Gossman's came up close to 21 now with that ever-improving swinging strike rate. Something to be very, very intrigued by. The Angels team total, though, is 4.69, so they had them scoring some runs. Lefties 3.24, righties 3.47 first Gosman. So, uh, but he at 9,900 would be my top option on the mound in your day slate. After Gosman, you're looking at guys like Trevor Bauer at 87 versus Colorado, who obviously not the same on the home and the road. We've seen Bauer's ability to get blown up at times, but at the same time, we've seen him throw really well back-to-back 20-plus point performances. He does have K upside. The Rockies strike out almost 23% of the time versus right-handed pitching, where uh, Bauer's been striking out 25.3% of the batters he faces with a really good 46.5% ground ball rate. The hard contact is still scary. Home run to fly ball is scary. But he's got the upside at 8,700 to get, you know, six, seven plus strikeouts and a quality start. You're not looking for dominance. You're just looking quality start in this one. Rockies total is only 4-3-4. So Bauer makes for an intriguing play. Like a Gaussman Bauer 1-2, I don't mind at all. And then if you want to punt, you're looking at guys like Rafael Montero just for K upside alone. He's facing a Texas team that... Um, Strikes out almost 24% of the time versus righties. Montero's getting you close to a 22% strikeout rate. The walks are dreadful with Montero, but a really good ground ball. And he has limited the hard contact. 
I know it's a kind of a small sample, but he has limited it, which is pretty interesting when you really break into it. So we're looking, uh, we're waiting for that Texas total. But lefties and righties have hit Montero. He's not bulletproof by any means. There's a reason why he's 5,400. But if you want to pay down and load up on bats, which there'll be plenty of, you can go there. Uh, Kyle Hendricks was also an option. The Giants just don't strike out a lot. Hendricks doesn't strike out a lot of guys. And he has given up some hard contact on the Giants. This last couple weeks, they're not as automatic as they once were. They're still pretty, I'm going to target them. Don't get me wrong. They are on the list. But they're not as automatic as they once were. They do have the lowest total on the slate. Their overall peripherals are still garbage. Hendricks could throw great, but he's been inconsistent. They've been inconsistent. I'd rather go to like a Bauer or pay down, but Hendricks is in play if you want to go there. So yeah, Mad Bum, if you want to go up, then Gossman, Bauer, Montero would be my main three. You could sprinkle in some Hendricks if you'd like. Other than that, attack all the bats. Um, you know, when you're looking at the Indians versus Sensatella, Sensatella has been getting hit hard a lot this year. So they are definitely in play. Um, the Baltimore Orioles versus Scribner, I love that play. You can get uh, Chris Davis rather cheap. Uh, Machado's priced up. He's up in the 5Ks. It's about darn time. The kid has earned it. He's good. You got Scope and other guys with uh, Baltimore there in for a nice night. It's the reverse splits, though. So Chris Davis. You might want to avoid him, but he's cheap, so I love the upside there. I'm not going to run away because of the reverse splits, but lefty's 259, righty's 382 for Scribner. So, again, Scope, Mancini, um, Jones, Machado, all in play for your Baltimore Orioles. The A's versus Giovanni Gallardo. Uh, lefty's 330, righty's 351 versus Giovanni. He's given up, uh, given it up quite a bit. The uh, ground ball rate's not bad, but uh, as a whole... Not good. Not a good swing strike rate. Balls in play quite a bit in that one. So be careful with your Gallardos. But um, Mariners versus Cotton's not bad either. So you got a lot lot of targets in this day slate. Um, and just mix and match and hope your pitching hangs on. I'm not overly excited about it. But that's just my two cents. The one I am excited about is the 10-game main slate where the pitching is something else. Really good upside. Really, really scary Scary downside on some. Let's get at it. Gio Gonzalez is your high-priced arm at 11500 This guy, I loved playing him when he was below 10K, and he has continues to be expensive. He's 11-2. His last start got you 29 at Miami. He's facing Miami tonight in Washington. In his last start against Miami, eight innings, one hit, nowhere in three walks, five Ks, five or more Ks in three of his last four. The one he didn't get, he only had six points against the Angels, but he, he shut down Milwaukee. He pitched phenomenal at Cincinnati, pitched okay against Atlanta, great at St. Louis, good against Chicago, great at Miami again, 76 hits, 308 Ks. He's got six or more Ks in eight of his last 10 starts. He's getting you 23 plus basically in all but two of those starts, so eight of 10. It's tough to pay 11.5 for Geo. I'm going to see that narrative everywhere. I understand that narrative. I am 100% behind you. Um, on a night where the bats should go off, you're going to want to pay for bats. Unless there are some value spots like yesterday, Kepler, Rosario. Um, I know there are other ones. They are out there. They're definitely available. Um, it just depends on how you want to build your lineup to feel comfortable. Miami strikes out a little over 20% of the time versus lefties. Geo striking out uh, 23% of the batters he faces. Decent hard contact rate. Really good ground ball rate. Um He's pitched phenomenal against Miami this year. We saw that. He's gotten in 
close to 30 points in a couple outings, 25 plus in for sure. Um, they have a 407 total, which is lowest on the evening slate. Lefty's 256, righty's 312. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to be on my pedestal like I usually am that I will not pay for Geo. He is very intriguing tonight because there's nothing safe about any of these guys. The Marlins, they have average ISO and a little above average Woba versus lefties. You know you got to worry about guys like Stanton and Ozuna, but you got to worry about them against anybody, especially Stanton. The guy's on, it's just on a tear. 38 home runs now already. We're not even midway through August yet. Um, I'm not going to tell you not to roster him. Honestly, I'll probably roster him at least in one, maybe even two of my three lineups, just for the fact that no one's going to pay for this guy, and the upside's there. The downside's obviously there, but the upside is there with Geo. that I'm going to take a look at him against the Miami team. He knows well. He's in a good ballpark in Washington. And the other options, again, is they have the upside, but like we'll get to him. Alex Wood in Arizona, and Wood hasn't been good. Do you really want to go there? Tanaka, who I like, he, he's at Toronto, though. If he, if he stumbles at all, they're going to torch him. Um, it, it, the, the higher options are just sketch. And down below, like Sean Newcomb, sure he's been okay, but at, at home against Philly, it's it's just interesting. So, Gio at 11-5, I am not going to tell you not to play. I do like him. He will be in a lineup or two of mine, and I will be, be looking at Gio. Next up, the guy that I do like, and I think he's going to get overlooked just because you got Granky at 11,000, who I won't use against the Dodgers. I know Granky's been great at home. I'm just in no mood to fade the Dodgers. I'm just not. Someone else can if you want to. Granky's been good, but inconsistent, if that makes sense. And his one start against the Dodgers, five innings, 10 hits, five earned, three walks, four Ks for 1.5 points. He might throw a gem tonight. I'd rather take my chances at Geo. I could be 100% wrong, and that's baseball in a nutshell. But I won't be going Granky. What I will be looking at, though, is Justin Verlander at 10-5. He is slowly looking like the Verlander of old. Slowly. Um, he hasn't faced Pitt yet this year. His last start out, 7-8-6 hits, 2 earned. Both on solo homers at Baltimore. He struck out 10. 8 or more strikeouts in 3 of his last 4. 24 or more points in all 4 of those starts. He has looked really, really good here of late, basically 20 points in four of his last five. He's 10-5 against a Pittsburgh team that strikes out 18.6% of the time. That sucks. That doesn't help us out. But the last 30 days, he's 10th best on the barrel, getting barreled a little over 3% of the time, striking out 29% of the batters he's facing. Again, on a slate like this, he stands out to me as a really good option in a nice ballpark in Comerica. Pittsburgh 4-3-1 total is the fourth lowest on the slate. Lefty's 283, righty's 294. A Pittsburgh offense that every once in a while does something, but for the most part is very, very not not scary. Is probably not the right word, but they're not. For saying that, they'll probably go nuts tonight. But that's where I'm looking. His, his ground ball rate doesn't help. He's a fly ball pitcher, but in a really good pitching ballpark. Verlander at 10-5 is on my list of things to do. If you want to go GPP and you want to take a risk, I would look at Alex Wood at 9,700. He hasn't been that good of late. 14.1, 17, a minus 3-3. But then you got your 23.1, your 36, and his run of just amazingness. His last three games have been sketchy. The velocity's been down. 2, 5, and 4 are his strikeout numbers. We used to be loving his strikeout ability. He's still getting you close to 100 pitches. 
Uh, he's going seven or six and seven innings in his last two starts. When he's not getting shelled like he did against Atlanta, he's getting you six plus innings. He's in Arizona, which is terrifying, but he's facing an Arizona offense that really struggles against left-handed pitching. Alex Wood has the third lowest total on the slate, and that's in Chase Field. That says a lot at a 418 total. Lefty's 289, righty's 249 versus Wood. A decent ISO of 160, so they can hit lefties with a little bit of power. But a 296 Woba just shows you that they're uh, overall just not good against lefties. They strike it almost 26% of the time. That's something I like to target on a slate where runs are going to be happening. If your pitcher gets up to some runs, you want that strikeout ability. So Wood strikes, uh, Arizona strikes out 26% of the time. Wood is striking out guys at a 27% clip, 12.5% swing strike rate, almost 60% ground ball rate. Ground ball rate helps a ton in a ballpark like Chase. It's just a matter of how, is that velocity thing a real thing of concern, or is it not? What kind of risk do you want to take? What at 97 is an intriguing play in Chase Field. Last but not least in this top range for me, Masahiro Tanaka at 9,400 at the Toronto Blue Jays. Tanaka, 21-3, 46-8, 12-7, 24-5. So pretty good in his last four starts. Striking out 7, 14, 6, and 9 in those starts. Getting six or more innings in all of them. Does like to give up the long ball, as we know. If you believe in the day-night narrative, it's a night game. So there's something to look at there. Toronto does strike out over 20% of the time versus righties. Tanaka. The last 30 days, 14th best on the barrel fit, getting barreled almost 5.5% of the time, but walking only around 3%, striking out over 32%. That swinging strike rate just continues to be amazing, a 15% swinging strike rate against uh, almost a 49% ground ball rate. The numbers are great. He just has the home run issue, but he makes for a very nice play tonight. A 4-3-2 total for Toronto. Lefties and righties. Lefties 300, righties 302. Uh, Toronto could run into a couple, no doubt about it. If if he's off, they're going to make him pay. Like I said, he's, even in his good starts, he's given up a home run. So it's kind of like that Max Scherzer disease. You know he's going to pitch good, but he's going to give it up once or twice. That's Tanaka. But he's 9,400 when he could pay 11.5 for Gio or 10.5 for, for Verlander. You could have Tanaka at 9,400 with very similar upside, in my opinion, with the same, if not less, of a gamble. So I love Tanaka at 94. Um, I've been wrong with him a lot. When he gets beat up, you go, you move on. But he's been better more often than not for once instead of the other way around. He's in play tonight against the Jays. So up top, I got Tanaka 1. I got Verlander 2. I got Geo 3. I got Alex Wood 4. That Alex Wood, though, that is the wild card. If that's he's a That is the definition of a GPP play. If you're going to play GPP only and you want to take the biggest risk with the biggest reward... Wood would be your number one right there. You go Wood Tanaka, and you know you got two higher priced arms, but two guys that could put up thirty plus points in the blink of an eye, but also could be in the locker room before the fourth inning. But that's GPP in a nutshell. Right? Those two guys, you're not paying over ten k, so you'll save some money on your bats. You'll still need to find a value here or there, but you still get a lot of good bats, really good bats. And you got two guys that do have twenty five to thirty point plus performance in their arms. Now we go down below that, and it gets really, really dicey. But you look at guys like Colin McHugh, $8,800 at a depleted Chicago White Sox. We're going to continue to target the White Sox. McHugh's made three starts this year. His first start was a little rough at Baltimore, but then at Detroit, 22-5 against Tampa Bay. 
19.3 his last two starts. He's got six innings in both, six and seven in the strikeout column, one earned run in both starts. McHugh was a really, really good pitcher in recent years. He was injured. He's back facing that White Sox team that we, I said, depleted. They're going to continue to be depleted. They're striking out 23% of the time versus righties. Small sample size for McHugh, but 24.6% K rate. Swing and strike rate over 12. Ground balls aren't there. Fly balls not good in that ballpark, so that's something to keep in mind. But 8800 bucks is definitely in play. White Sox do have a 4-5-4 total. Lefties 343, righties 328. Again, small sample. McHugh might give a few up, but he's pitched really, really well to start the year. He pitched good in his rehab in the minors as well. And we know what he can do. He has a pedigree, and he has a good matchup with tremendous K upside at 8800 bucks against a very bad White Sox team. So I'll definitely be taking a look at McHugh to build some lineups, maybe matching with Tanaka or someone below, or even matching with Verlander or something. It is something to keep in mind. The only other guy in this range I'm looking at is Rick Porcello at 8,200. It's all or nothing with Rick, like five earned, four earned, three earned, one earned. Those are his last four starts. 12-6, 13-6, 22-3, 17-5. He's given up one, two, three, one homer. He's facing a Tampa Bay team that loves to hit bombs. But on all those starts, 6-5, six, 6-6, six, and six, he's getting you strikeouts. He's getting you into the fifth, if not sixth or later. He's eating up innings. He's getting you strikeouts. And his price tag is dipping down lower than it's been in a while, down to 8,200. At least in the last three starts, he's been at 9 to 10K or more. Against Anaheim, he's faced him three times this year. In 18 and a third innings, giving up 12 earned. He struck out 19. He's averaging 14 points a game. We'd like more than that for 8,200 bucks. He's a GPP play thanks to that K upside, but the long ball is a massive threat. Tampa Bay does strike out 25% of timers righties. The last 30 days, he is 18th worst on the barrel fit, getting barreled 7.27% of the time, striking out about 21%. It's a very, 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 very risky, risky play. Tampa Bay's team total, though, which kind of caught my eye, 4.45 is on the lower half. Lefties only hit 296, righties 314 off Porcello. Just when he gets hit, he gives up the long ball. So keep that in mind. So in your middle range, I got McHugh 1, Porcello 2. Down below, this is just ugly. Ugly, ugly, ugly. You're looking at guys like Sean Newcomb at home against the Phillies at 72. I love if it were in the 6. He's coming off an 11.9 point performance against the Dodgers. At Philly, got you 13-7, five innings, two hits, one earned, four Ks. And then 20.7 at the Dodgers. Those are his last three starts. Got beat up by the Cubs, did okay at Washington, got beat up by Houston, did really good at San Diego, okay against the Giants. It's dicey. I mentioned that one start against Philly, got you 13-7. He's pitched better on the road than at home. You got the reverse splits we always talk about. Phillies. Team total is 450. Lefties 333. Righties 324. Righties are even starting to hit them better of late. Um, but left, but Philly does strike out 21.5% of the time, a 12% swinging strike rate. Uh, on the season, the hard contact rate's down, but in the last 30 days, he's fifth worst, getting barreled almost 6% of the time. His problem, he's striking out 27% plus, which is great. He's walking 19.5% in his last 30 days. The walks are catching up with him in a big Big way. But he makes for an intriguing matchup because lefties are what left handed bats are what you worried about in Philly. Uh, I mean, in Atlanta, in SunTrust. So you'll see a lot of righties in this Philly lineup. Some do have pop. There's no question about that. But um, 
he makes for an intriguing GPP play down below. And then my punt, and he should be chalky because we nailed it the first time. In his debut, last time out, Brandon Woodruff. Six and a third, seven hits, no earned, two walks, six Ks, for 24.9 DraftKings points at the wonderful price of $4,800. He's now 5900 He's at home in a very good ballpark to hit in against the Minnesota Twins. The inconsistent Minnesota Twins. You saw yesterday what they can do, but we know what they also can just fall asleep. They strike out 22.5% of the time versus righties. Woodruff's first start was great. Lots of swinging strikes. The walks were a little rough. Those first few innings, you're just like, dude, get it together. They have a 4-6-8 total. Um, he dominates righties. Lefties hit him very well. And the Twins have some good lefties. But at 5,900, he's a punt. Um, just hope he limits the damage, quality start type thing, and you move on from there. So there you have it. Your pitching told you there's upside, but risk, risk, risk. Um, up top, I got Tanaka, then Verlander, Gio, Wood. In the middle, McHugh, Porcello. Down below, Woodruff, then Newcomb. Very, very risky all across the board. Let's get into the bats to attack. At the catcher's position, Gary Sanchez is down to 4,100. He was 4K last night. He's in play against a guy like Nick Tepish. I have no problem targeting Gary Sanchez at that, that price tag because there's not a ton to like at the position tonight. You look at guys like McCann at 35. It's not bad. He hasn't earned the price tag of late, but I don't mind it against a guy like Miguel Gonzalez. I just wish he was cheaper. So I'll probably I'll probably avoid him and go down. You got guys like JT Real Muto because right-handed bats have hit Gonzalez hard. Just the results haven't been there in bunches. So at 34, um, Real Muto's intriguing. As you go down, it's it's really, really not great. Maybe Cameron Rupp versus Newcomb at 32. I'm hoping they start their youngster, Alfaro. He's 2,900 versus Newcomb. I'd be all over that for some value upside. A guy like Manny Pena, Pena at uh, 3K versus Bartolo. I like that a lot. Milwaukee is a big target of mine tonight. Bartolo coming off that complete game. I am going to pound town on him. If he shuts down another team in Milwaukee, of all places, congratulations, old man. I want to know what steroids you were on. Pena at 3K. Um, if Hector Sanchez cracks the lineup for San Diego versus Wojciechowski at 3,100, he's intriguing. Sandy Leon at 29 versus Odorizzi, definitely in play. I know Odorizzi's got three versus splits. At least he did earlier this year. Where's Boston? Boston's team total is 455. Yeah, lefty's 283, righty's 336. So Leon being a left, he's a little scary, but he's there. Jason Castro, lefties have hit Woodruff well. 2,900 bucks. Not a bad play in that ballpark if you're not using Woodruff. The guy I said I want, Alfaro at 29. Tucker Barnhart, how'd that value work out yesterday? Ding, ding, dong. He's a switch hitter going up against Alex Wood. He's a very intriguing play in that matchup as Alex Wood should be targeted early and often with your Reds at bats. And you can get some of them with some value. Um, if Juan Centeno, or Centeno makes the start, for Houston against Miguel Gonzalez at 2700 I like that a lot. That's a play I'd be looking into. Other than that, you're going to have to wait for lineups to come out because nothing else really you know stands out at you. Like a Centennial, Alfaro, or uh, who was the other guy I just mentioned down there? Centennial, Alfaro, or uh, Lobatone. Those would be the three guys I'd probably be looking at to save some cash. First base, Goldie at 55 versus Wood is very, very nice. Joey Votto at 54 is nice as well. 
Freddie Freeman again in another great spot at 5100. He's worth the price. Five run total for Atlanta. Lefties 350 off Icoff. He does pitch well versus righties at 280. Lefties smoke him. Great spot for Freddie Freeman to go deep again tonight at 5100. Yuri Gurriel at 49 is very much in play. His righties with a ton of power. Justin Smoke, if you're not playing Tanaka, you're looking at guys like Smoke and Donaldson and everything at 4,500. Smoke is definitely in play if you're in fade mode. Ryan Zimmerman has hit righties very, very well this year. As you can tell, first base is loaded again up top. Zimmerman at 45 versus Conley is sneaky nice. Logan Morrison at 41 versus Rick Porcello, a guy who I mentioned has been giving up home runs like crazy. Tampa Bay probably will get overlooked compared to some of the other options tonight. You'll get them a little cheaper. They're always boomer bust. You, like Tampa will get shut out or they'll score like 12 runs because they had eight home runs. Um, Lomo is in a really good spot against Porcello at 4,100. I can definitely get behind that. As you spray down some more, like a Josh Bell, nah, maybe. Like a Matt Carpenter at 3,700. Uh, Cahill's not as dominant as he once was. His, once he got back from that injury, he just wasn't the same. Swinging strike rates just continues to drop. He was filthy early on this year. It's not there. If you want to roll the dice on Carp at 37, there's upside. If you don't want to go Logan Morrison, a guy like Lucas Duda at 3,700 bucks, really, really good upside as well. Power department there. A guy I do like, uh, not as obviously dominant as he was in April, but he's still there with tremendous thump. He's first base outfield eligible. A guy like Eric Thames at 3,700 against Big Sexy Bartolo. I like that a lot. Uh, Milwaukee's got the second highest total behind Houston tonight at 532. Righty's 327, lefty's 348. I'm definitely, definitely targeting the Brewers. They should be chalk. They really should be, especially because they're so much cheaper than Houston. But I can't ignore some of them. Eric Thames has tremendous home run upside tonight. If, even if Jesus Aguilar cracks the lineup at 37, he's not bad. Righty's are hitting Cologne just fine as well. I'm preferring the lefties, but I have no problem with going to the right side. Uh, but your value at first base, uh, I was all over this when I was making a lineup last night. Eric Hosmer at 3500 versus Leak. I don't understand this Hosmer pricing of late. I know he's not like putting up 30 points a night, but he had four last night and then 1428. He's just way too good of a hitter this season to get this kind of disrespect. The, the draft king algo is just all over the place. Um, when you're looking at... Uh, Mike Leak, lefties 321, righties 311. So Hosmer at 35, like that a lot for um, savings at first base. After him, it gets very, very interesting. Um, maybe Condelario, if he cracks the lineup for Detroit, he's first base, third base. Um, switch hitter with some power at 2900 versus Nova. Lefties do hit Nova really, really, really well. So that's a first base, third base punt if he cracks the lineup. Keep him in mind. But that's about it at first base. I'm really not going below Hosmer if I don't have to. Uh, there's a lot of good guys in that you know 35 to 37, 38 range, and then obviously higher up. Second base, Altuve is in play every night for me. I don't care. I'm not going to go deep in him ever. 5600, he's in play. Um, Daniel Murphy versus Conley is intriguing at 52, but I think I'll pay elsewhere. Dozier at 46 is in play. Went deep last night. Um, not bad. We prefer him against lefties, but. And Woodruff has been really good versus righties, so I don't know if you want to pay 46 but a great ballpark to hit in. If Woodruff's off, Dozier will be a part of that. The guys like Paul DeJong at 43 is not bad, but Jan Hever Salarte, definitely looking at him at 4,100. Um, he's been swinging it really, really well. He's even stealing bases. He's showing power. Um, 24 points yesterday with a homer. Three homers in his last 10 games. 
eight points or more in three of four. He's uh, 4,100. San Diego's got a 4-5 total. Lefty's 305, righty's 338 off Wojo. Uh, Solarte very much in play. If we're not going him, a guy like Asuyahe, he's also hitting a well at second base at 41. I just like the power upside of Solarte. Asuyahe's got the one homer when we played him the other night. But um, I'm going Solarte, but I have no problem. Asuyahe could be a nice GPP play because everyone will go to Solarte. As you scroll down, if Howie Kendrick cracks the lineup, he does hit lefties well at 43 if you want to go that way. Uh, a guy like Whit Merrifield, these Royals will be cheap tonight against Mike Leake, who's boom or bust, a lot more bust than boom. Merrifield, we like him more of his lefties than righties, but 3900 bucks leading off, has shown some power, not bad. Uh, Johnny VR at 39 very inconsistent, very, very, very GPP only, but you are facing Big Bart, so there is something to like there. As you scroll down some more, Dustin Pedroia is back from the DL, he DH'd. On Tuesday, got you four points. He was swinging a very, very hot bat coming in, coming up, going into the DL. Now he's off. 3,600 versus Oda Rizzi does have some upside. Got some good history versus Oda Rizzi. Um, as you scroll down some more, it gets pretty bleak. You can roll the dice on Yohan Moncada going deep, but it's been inconsistent. Like Ari Adrian's at 31, a lefty bat, but nothing too great. Second base is very top heavy tonight. Maybe check lineups and see if there's some value down below. If you're fading Alex Wood, Brandon Drury's 2800 bucks and he hits lefties really, really well. So that's an intriguing GPP punt play. Like a guy like Brad Miller's got the power upside versus Porcello at 25. I can definitely understand that as a punt because you're looking for the home run when you're throwing it away. But not too much down low at second base for once. Third base, Freddie Freeman again, 5100 Definitely in play. Um, Anthony Rendon, 49, crushes lefties, crushes them. like that a lot tonight. Um, Alex Bregman at 47, as he continues to hit towards the top of that order. That's just really good stuff there. Um, that's usually gets lefties, though, not righties, so keep keep an eye on that. Miguel Sano's back at 46, not, not running to him. The guy I'm running to, um, if you're not going to Eduardo Nunez at 44, which is intriguing, Travis Shaw at 44 against Bartolo is, that is sexy. Travis Shaw could be sexy versus big sexy at 4,400. Uh, Travis Shaw, very, very nice stuff. Um, Donaldson coming off the double dong at 43. If you're not going Shaw, I'm looking at Moustakis at 43 versus Leak. These Royals are catching my eye. I know they're frustrating because they just can lay duds against the best matchups. It's another good matchup, though. Rafael Devers at 4K versus Odorizzi. That's good play. Price tag's up, but he's continues to put up double-digit points more often than not against Odorizzi. The reverse splits are there, so so he is a lefty. Keep that in mind. But um, something definitely to look into. Um, when you're looking at Odorizzi, I want to see what his home run to fly ball. Yeah, he's only got a 31% ground ball rate, so definitely give up the fly ball. So keep that in mind. When you're scrolling down, he could try to roll the dice with Mikel Franco and Power versus Newcomb at 37. I can understand that. But a value play, if you're not going to say Moustakis or Shaw, you got Eugenio Suarez versus Travis Wood at 3,600. Suarez hits lefties. I mean, yeah, lefties really, really well. Good power in Great American Small Park at 36. I can definitely get behind that one. And then, you know, you got like your Longo versus Porcello at 33. That's got some some home run upside there for, th- for a nice price tag. A guy like J.D. Davis of Houston, he's 3,100 bucks. He um, definitely has some power. 
He's on the right side, so he might not even crack the lineup. He's a lower, lower price guy with some upside for you in that. But I'd probably just go Longo at 33 if you really want to. Um, Condelario against 2900 in play. Other than that, you're going to have to see what comes out in lineups for potential punt options. Heading up to the short stop position, and we kick it off with, um, excuse me, Marvin Gonzalez, 49, switch hitting, doesn't matter. It, it's all about Marvin at 49 if you want to pay up. I have no problem with that. You can roll the dice with Seager in a GPP versus Granky at 49. But Zach Cozart at 46 versus Wood is very, very nice. He hits lefties very, very well. So he's intriguing in this matchup. Have no problem. After Cozart, you got like Dijon at 43. Didi at 42 versus Tepish is very, very nice. Uh, that's something to keep an eye on there. Didi's been just swinging a great. So Didi at 42 in a good matchup. Um, Orlando Arcia continues to hit. I wish it was at the bottom of the order. That's the frustrating part of it. But just continues to rake. Averaging almost 8 points a game his last 10. Playing really, really well. He's up to 4K against Big Sexy there. That's an intriguing play. Um, Freddie Galvis, 35 versus Newcomb. Nice upside play there. Xander Bogarts has been really, really bad, but he's 3,200 versus Soda Rizzi if you want to take that punt because shortstop is really bad everywhere else. Like maybe Jose Peraza versus Travis Wood at 31. Hope he gets on his steals. That's about what you have to hope for. Dusty Coleman for San Diego I can get behind if he's in the lineup at 2,900. He's shown a little bit of power power upside there. and He's 2,900 versus Wojciechowski. Definitely get behind that. Uh, other than that, yeah, you're kind of waiting for lineups and seeing what shakes out at the shortstop position. Now we head to the outfield, which is obviously going to be top-heavy as heck. You got Harper at 55, yes. You got, you know, Taylor and Bellinger are both priced high versus Granky. I guess GPP you can, but I'm looking at guys like Josh Reddick at 51 versus Miguel Gonzalez. That has some definite upside. You got the red-hot Giancarlo Stanton, who just mashes everybody, facing uh, Gio, who gets hit hard by righties this year. He's 5,100. That's a very interesting play. There's Marvin Gonzalez again at 49. You got J.D. Martinez versus Alex Wood. If Alex Wood's off, J.D. can make him pay at 48. So GPPs, J.D. is definitely in play. Aaron Judge at 47. A guy I do like, Ben Intendi at 4,700 bucks, swinging a very good bat right now. You ride him while he's hot. Uh, he's averaging over 10 his last 10, 11 more points in his last night. He's got four steals in his last 10. He's getting on, he's running, he's doing damage. He's facing Odorizzi, very nice play there. Derek Fisher likely leading off at 4,600 versus Miguel Gonzalez. Um, they have the highest total for a reason, and you just play the Astros every time you can, basically. Um, as you go down, Adam Duvall versus the lefty Wood at 46. That is really, really solid play. Justin Nothing's on fire at 45. He's in play versus Nova. Mookie Betts at 45, not bad. I mentioned Nunez earlier at 44, Eduardo Nunez. A.J. Pollock versus Travis Wood. It's lefties well, but it's just it's all about do you think Wood gets hit or not. If you want to make an Arizona, a couple one-offs, mini stacks or whatever, they're there. Arizona and the Dodgers are priced up and against very good pitchers. Marcelo Zuna, 44, crushes lefties if you want to fade Geo. Ryan Braun at 43 versus Bartolo Colon. To me, that's value for the potential upside you get with Braun versus Colon. He could easily find the bleachers in that one. Uh, 
Manny Margot at 42 is a little pricier than I'd like, but against Wojciechowski is, is an intriguing play there. Lorenzo Kane versus Mike Leak. I like a 4,100. Kane swinging a good stick in that matchup. Uh, Robbie Grossman at 41 is not bad. There's some cheaper twins outfielders I do like if you're looking at the fade Woodruff and get some upside. Guys like uh, Christian Yellick at 4Ks in play. Keon Broxton has been swinging a good bat since he got recalled. He's 39 versus Cologne. I like that a lot. If you want some other power outside for Milwaukee, Domingo Santana is 39. But if I have to pick between the two, I pick Broxton. Both are very viable tonight, though. Brandon Moss, 3,800 versus Leak. Uh, as a nice below 4K power upside play. But Eddie Rosario, 3800 bucks versus Woodruff. Rosario double-donged last night. I told you yesterday he's got that power potential to just go crazy in any game. Did it last night. He's in another really good spot here against Woodruff. If you fade Woodruff, Rosario at 38. Um, so you go down somewhere, there's Eric Thames again at 37. Jose Perella has been batting in the middle of this Padres order. He's 3,700 versus Wojo. He had 24 more points last night, going four for four. He's averaging 11.2 his last 10. He just three homers in his last 10. I like him a lot at 3,700 um, as a very under-owned play tonight. Uh, the Padres, I've been, I've been loving them, especially in ballparks. Like, we play them when they're in Coors. Well, they're in Cincinnati and good matchups there. They're always overlooked and cheap, so I don't hate them at all. Perella, like a Perella, Salarte, 1-2. Just fine with me. Uh, Joey Bats at 36 versus Tanaka isn't bad. Melky Cabrera at 36. I like that quite a bit for some upside. If you think Hunter Renfro is going to run into one, he's only 3,600. As you go down some more, Corey Dickerson, 34 versus Porcello. Obviously, Corey's not on fire like he once was. He's only averaging 6.9 his last 10, which still isn't bad, especially for 3,400 bucks. Not bad at all. But he's in a good matchup against Porcello. Guys can run into one. So the home run is in play for C. Dick. As we go down a little farther, you got guys that I do like down there. Odebel Herrera, 3,300. Went deep yesterday at 32. I told you that was just great value. Lefties can't hit Newcomb just fine. He's 3,300 again tonight. Um, Jackie Bradley Jr. at 32 has a lot of upside here. I like that a lot from the power department. And the play I like even more, he was 3K yesterday. He double-donged. He is now 3,200. Fucking Max Kepler. Definitely play it again. Obviously, you're not going to get two homers every night. But for 3,200, it's nice to have that potential in a bat. Uh, Jock Jams at 31 if you want to fade Granky and hope for the homer. Nicky Delmonico versus McHugh as an outfield punt. He's 3K, averaging 8.6 his last 10. Since his call-up, he was one of their prospects, uh, playing pretty well for the White Sox. So he's worth a look there at uh, 3K. You know, if Malik Smith is at the top of the order at 3K, it's not bad. But since he's been moved down, he's not lighting the world on fire. Uh, If is Jabari Blash even still around? I haven't heard his name. Yeah, he's back in AAA. Got sent down on Sunday. That's why. Makes sense now. Um... Patrick, I always butcher this, Kivlahan, or Kivlahan, for the, the, the Reds, 2800 bucks. he's a righty, facing a lefty in wood, if he cracks the lineup, he does have power potential, usually it's at the bottom of the order, doesn't do much, but for a pump play at 2800 does have some very nice power upside, Jim Aducci, left-handed bat for Detroit, usually batting second at 2700 to fade Nova, I do like that as a punt play, 
Uh, other than that, there wasn't a ton I loved down here last night. And as I keep looking at it, you get Gregory Polanco at 2,400 versus Verlander. If you're not using Verlander and you want power potential, Polanco at 24 is bargain basement hunting. Even if he goes over, it doesn't kill you with the upsides there. Just like Alex Gordon, 2,300 versus Leak. He had a run there about a week or two ago where he was looking like the Alex Gordon of old. Now he's slumping again. But Mike Leak, it's all or nothing with him. And it's been nothing more often lately. So there you have it. Your 10-game sets of bats. Uh, pitching recap. You got Tanaka up top. Verlander number two. Geo three. Wood four. In the middle, McHugh, Porcello. Down below, Woodruff, Newcomb. Let's take a look at your BVP. Um... Uh, on your early slate, you got Suspedis 5 for 13 lifetime with a double, a triple against Martin Perez. Uh, Mark Kana 5 for 7 versus Gallardo. K with a Chris Davis 6 for 8. They both have a homer. Uh, or no, sorry, 1 for 5, 1 for 6. Both with a homer. So bad averages, but good long balls. Simeon 5 for 16. As you go down some more, Robbie Cano's 3 for 6 lifetime versus Terrell Cotton with two homers. Louis Valbuena, 3 for 4 lifetime versus Gossman with two homers. Um, ben Zobert, 6 for 12 with a double and a triple versus Mad Bum. John Jay, 6 for 20 with three doubles. We get to the evening slate. Now it gets fun. Brad Miller versus Porcello, 8 for 29. It's a 276 average with two doubles and four homers. You got um, Logan Morrison, 10 for 31 with three doubles and a homer. It's 323. Longo's only hitting 264, but he's 14 for 53 with six doubles and two homers. C Dick, 8 for 29 with four doubles and a homer. Souza Jr., 8 for 27 with a homer. Lots to like with that Tampa Bay lineup tonight. I told you Pedroia likes Odorizzi, 13 for 30 lifetime. That's a 433 average. Two doubles and three homers. Xander Bogarts, he's cheap. If he can figure it out tonight, he is hitting 375 lifetime off Odorizzi, 9 for 24 with five doubles and a triple. You got Hamram, 5 for 15 with a double and a homer. Brock Holtz got two doubles, a triple and a homer, 5 for 17. Uh, Mookie Betts, 7 for 24 with a double. Uh, a Boston-Tampa Bay kind of game stack might be in play tonight. As you go down some more, Daniel Murphy, 4 for 6 with a double and triple lifetime off Conley. Rio Muto, 5 for 16 with two doubles and a triple versus Geo is in play Steve Pierce, 5 for 15 with two homers off Tanaka. Joey Bats, 9 for 32 with three doubles and a homer. Da, da, da. Josh Harrison, 4 for 12 with a double off Verlander, not a ton. Polanco's 3 for 5 with a double. Remember, he was dirt cheap tonight. Um, Brandon Phillips, 4 for 8 with two doubles off Ikoff. Freddie Freeman, 6 for 18 with a double and two homers. Marquez is 6-for-20 with three doubles, all off of Eikhoff. Carlos Beltran off of Miguel Gonzalez, 5-for-12 with three doubles and a homer. McCann has taken him deep twice, right at once. Um, at the Milwaukee Brewers, Hernan Perez, he was 3,900, third base outfield eligible. He's 5-for-6 with two doubles off Big Sexy. Ryan Braun, I told you I like that 4,300 bucks. He's 5-for-12 with two homers. You got Thames is 3-for-7. RC is 1-for-2 with a homer. Milwaukee is very nice. Dexter Fowler, 7 from 14 lifetime with a double and a triple off Trevor Cahill. Uh, Brandon Moss, 3 for 8 with a double and a homer off Mike Leake. So 
So D-backs versus Alex Wood. You got A.J. Pollock, 6 for 13 with a double and a two homers. Goldschmidt, 5 for 17 with two homers. Jeff Mathis, 4 for 14, a double and a homer. is a cheap catching option. Keep him, keep that in mind. And then the D-backs versus Granke. Corey Seager, 6 for 12 with a double and two homers. Justin Turner, 6 for 14 with two doubles, a triple and a homer. Jock Jams, 3 for 9 with two doubles and a homer. Chase Entley's taking him deep. Grandal's taking him deep. All some pretty decent success there. So interesting, interesting decisions to be made. When you're looking at your game stacks, obviously looking at Houston against Miguel Gonzalez. I told you I love Milwaukee versus Bartolo. Um, the lefty Braves, especially Freeman versus Eikhoff. The Reds versus Travis Wood, especially the righties. Righties hit 363. As Suarez was cheap. Um, Duvall, to me, is still a value. Um, Cavillian is a big-time value. Barnhart behind the dish. You had uh, Peraza could be value. Um, don't sleep on Cozart. At short, he's expensive, but he loves his lefties. And Votto's always in play. Nationals versus Conley. Um, Tigers, lefties versus Nova. is very intriguing there. Aducci is some, a, a punt play in the outfield. Uh, Twins versus Woodruff. If you're fading Woodruff, you know, you get Kepler at 32, Rosario at 36. I like those as some value. Uh, Yankees versus Cesar Valdez is very intriguing. That That's actually Tepish. It's supposed to be Nick Tepish. Still very intriguing there. Didi Gregorius in play for sure. But the Red Sox versus Odorizzi. Lefties 283, righties 336. Keep him in mind. And then the Rays versus Porcello. Really like that tonight. Let's talk real quick NFL DFS. So for those that were living under a rock yesterday, FanDuel and DraftKings have both released their week one pricing. We will have an NFL DFS show weekly on thesportsdegens.com. Still working out the details there. That will be happening. We'll also have some upcoming Bench with Bubba's with some fantasy football stuff for you. That is in the works. That is happening. Wanted to bring that up to you. Also, DraftKings and FanDuel. FanDuel, um, you know, like DraftKings and FanDuel both have their leagues, but FanDuel came out with a very cool format. You can basically set up a season-long league, almost like your regular season-long fantasy, except you do the daily twist where you draft a new team weekly. But unlike the leagues like DraftKings has now, this one you can pay like your big, say you have a $100 season-long league, we can put 100 bucks in now. They'll hold the pot and they'll pay you out at the end, but you just don't have one team all year. You have a different team each week, which is kind of cool. It's a different twist. You can also have the option to have like smaller amounts weekly plus a big pot at the end. A lot of cool stuff that they will control for you. Because like on DraftKings, sure, we have the Junkies Golf League we do, but we all have to PayPal a guy that holds the money like you do for a regular fantasy football league, and then he's got to pay you out later. This is a little different. Sure, FanDuel probably gets a little rake of it. But the convenience factor, if people use League Safe and stuff like that for their leagues, they take rakes as well. So that is a really, really cool feature. Really bringing season long to DFS. I like that a lot. And I'm not a big FanDuel guy by any means. But that format's cool. DraftKings came out with something interesting. You had arcade mode with baseball. They came out with just like a pick em where they're going to tier them. They're going to have like eight tiers of players. You just got to pick eight guys. Price does not matter. So it makes it a lot more fun. You can take everybody you want to take without any restrictions. So we'll get into all that stuff more later. I just want to bring it up in case you didn't see it. Check it out. Really cool stuff there as NFL is approaching. You know, I got preseason really kicking into gear this week. Lots coming on. 
But with that being said, check out thesportsdjs.com at thesportsdjs on Twitter as you will have a lot of stuff coming your way. You know, you got Doc with this, uh, teaming up with the Saturday Edge with his Doc's Dogs. They're doing more college football previews this week. You had Big Ten and ACC last week. Go check that out. Spreakers and iTunes. That was really good stuff. Um, they'll be doing all the previews and then weekly pick them stuff. Really good stuff there. We're going to have some NFL predictions, all that good stuff coming down the line and previews, the works. Mentioned NFL DFS coming up. We'll have some college football for you. We do have the PGA Championship, the year's fourth major in golf this week. Check out Always Pressing Pod with myself, DFS Golf Gods Jesse, and Big Bucks No Whammy. Check them out. Really good podcast for that one. Um, Jesse's also got his weekly write-up and play. Give that a look. You got you know college football, team total overs by D.D. Jayhoff. We'll have NASCAR this week. Tons and tons and tons. EPL kicks off this week in week one. You got Squanto with his week one picks. DFS picks will be later this week from Squanto, a weekly thing there. You know what? Siri Da is going to be starting up here sooner or later. You'll have Francesco coming your way. Around the bases of Bubba and Mo. I know I'm just promoting everything, but I want you to check it all out. It's really, really good stuff, and it's all free. All free. Um, Around the bases of Bubba and Mo, episode 24, recorded last night. It is now available on SoundCloud, Spreaker, iTunes. Talking about a lot of fun stuff. What's going on in baseball? You got Altuve, the Dodgers. Have the Cardinals lost their way? There's some really good stuff we've we, we've looked into. The Yankees problems. Uh, the AL East and AL wildcard battles. Tons of fun stuff. Check it all out. Check us out again at thesportsdegens, thesportsdegens.com. But for your MLB DFS needs, I'm here with you at Quick Hits. Hit me up on Twitter at BDNTrick. I will help you wherever I can. Um, so good luck tonight. You have a five-game early, ten-game main. Let's make some money. Let's hope home run derby doesn't get as crazy as it did last night and you actually get a benefit for having good pitching. But uh, with that being said, hit me up with the questions. This was MLB DFS Quick Hits, your Wednesday August 9th edition. I'm out.